What's up, everybody? This is your main man, Tyler, here with the Around the Bases podcast, here to recap week five here for you, and a look forward to the week six schedule in the uh, Division One college softball season. Uh, another fantastic week. Um, unfortunately, weather did uh, cancel some games and forced some postponements and things of that nature, but ultimately it was a good uh, week of softball now that we're in March Madness and everything's going on with that. Um, SEC's got a few upsets brewing uh, this past weekend, at least in my mind, but we'll get to that. Um, got some first conference standings for you, uh, notable conference standings, RPI rankings, of course. And then uh, we'll finish this off with the stat leaders as usual. So let's move into the week five recap. Last Wednesday, Kelly Maxwell's 17 strikeouts and a walk uh, lifted Oklahoma State to a walk-off 7-6 10-inning win over Minnesota in a resumption of the game that was from that previous Sunday. And then late in later that night, Miranda Ellis threw an eight strikeout no hitter, missed a perfect game by a walk in Oklahoma State's seven nothing win in game two. So Minnesota failed to get a good win there at Oklahoma State. It is what it is, but um, Oklahoma State picks up a couple good wins. Minnesota drops two games that they could have had, or one game they specifically could have had. Uh, but Alex Bose's three homers, five RBIs, led Missouri State to a 9-8 upset of Wichita State. Wichita State's not as good as I thought they were, apparently. Um, they've been slumping as of late, so that's what that's about. Peyton St. George's nine strikeouts led Duke to a 9-1 five-inning win over Charlotte at home. As I will detail later or as we go out throughout this podcast, or this episode, Charlotte is in a bit of a slump right now, but we'll get to that. Texas A&M takes down Texas State 4-1 at home. Not really a huge surprise there, but Texas State played well enough to stay in the game. Mia Davidson's double homer 5 RBIs led Mississippi State to 10-2 5-inning win over North Alabama. I thought North Alabama could try to keep it closer. They ultimately couldn't. Texas won at North Texas 8-2. I thought North Texas would keep it closer as well. They didn't, but a good win for Texas on the road. Uh, McNeese State pushed Louisiana but couldn't pull off the win in a 5-3 loss. Again, McNeese State, uh, I also think Louisiana's not as good as we thought they were. Uh, but McNeese State is known for pushing teams of high caliber to a close law or close win. Uh, but Cal held off a wild rally by Baylor in the seventh to get the six-seven win or seven-six win, excuse me, in Hawaii. Jada Cecil throws fifteen strikeouts into UC San Diego's two-one win over Cal Baptist. Cal Baptist is a sneaky good team I'm pretty sure no one knows about, really. Moving on to Thursday, Lenny Malkin's homer 6 RBIs led Arkansas to a 14-9 win at Liberty. 
Liberty missed out on a really good chance to get a home win against a top 10 opponent, but unfortunately Arkansas was just too much to handle with their potent offense. Um, so Arkansas gets a very good win on the road. Uh, Boston University took down Long Beach State 7-2. to um, I expected Long Beach State to keep it a little closer, but Boston University is one of those mid-majors that can sneak up on you if you're not prepared for them. Brooke Vestal's 12 strikeouts led Ole Miss to 6-2 win over Stephen F. Austin. Arizona State cruised to an 8-0 five-inning win at home against BYU. Again, another surprising one considering BYU was receiving a vote, I believe, in last week's top 25 poll. Uh, but Arizona State, credit to them, credit to the Sun Devils for getting the job done. Brittany Shaw hits walk-off Grand Slam to lift Houston past Boise State in the second game of the doubleheader 6-2. Uh, Boise State won that first game, so they split that doubleheader on Thursday last week. Uh, but Game 2 could was in protest there as there was a lot of arguing over an interference call and a sacrifice bunt. Ultimately, um, Boise State ended up taking the loss on the record, so I guess it wasn't really that big of a deal. So they ended up just taking the loss upright. So, but that's a great win for Houston um, to get that at home over a very solid Boise State team right now. Um, but Lauren Shaw and Megan Framo combined it for a perfect game in UCLA's 13-0 five-inning win over Penn. Moving on to Friday, Mary Half threw a 14-strikeout perfect game in Arkansas's 6-0 win over Maryland. I was actually there to witness the end of that game, and it is also the first solo perfect game in Arkansas softball history. So congrats to Mary Half. Um, I was glad to be able to witness the last two innings of her perfect game, um, so that was very awesome to witness. Uh, Peyton St. George's 15 strikeouts led Duke to a 3-1 series opening win at home against NC State. They also played another game on Friday, which Duke won. I didn't have to write down the score for that game, but Duke won that game. Uh, Miranda Ellis's 13 strikeouts led Oklahoma State to a 14-1 five-inning win over Central Arkansas. Again, Central Arkansas is one of those teams that usually gives trouble to top competition, but Oklahoma State was just way too powerful for them in the end. Emma Lemley threw 16 strikeouts in Virginia Tech's 8-1 win over Syracuse at home to open their series. Uh, Western Kentucky took the series opener at Charlotte. I mentioned Charlotte having a, a little bit of a slump right now. Well, Western Kentucky took that series opener at Charlotte 4-2 to two in nine innings. Georgina Cork fired fifth, uh, 14 more strikeouts in South Florida's 1-0 win over Army. Denver Bryant's home run in the eighth walks it off for Auburn in a series opening win over Texas A&M. Megan Framo strikes out every batter she faced in perfect game for UCLA in a 14-0 win over, uh, five-inning win over Cal State Bakersfield. So she had what Hope Troutline did last season for North Texas. Uh, Boston University went up 2-0 but couldn't score again in a 6-2 loss to Central Florida. Again, Boston University, they could have had a huge win for their program 
uh, for their season and resume. Ultimately, they didn't get it, but I still expect this team to win the Patriot League and be in the NCAA tournament. So, Virginia took down Notre Dame 6-1 to in the series opener at home. This was a little bit shocking. Notre Dame is a top 25 team, or was at least, or at least receiving votes anyway, but Virginia took them out at home in the series opener. It was crazy. Uh, Minnesota at Texas was canceled on Friday night and became a Saturday-Sunday games between the two. Weber State took down San Diego State for three and eight innings. A great win for the uh, Wildcats of Weber State of the Big Sky. Um, beings as San Diego State is receiving a at least one vote in one of the top 25, major top 25 polls this week, so... Longwood splits their doubleheader at USC Upstate to open their Big South season with a rubber match on Saturday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nebraska took down Cal State Fullerton 3-1. I'm not entirely surprised at this point by that result, but, um, you know, I expected Cal State Fullerton to win at home against Nebraska, but, you know, it's one of those games. Uh, but North Texas took the series opener at Southern Miss thanks to two runs in the seventh. Great win for North Texas uh, to open their conference USA account. Boise State took game one at McNeese State 4-1. to one. Not really a surprise there. Boise State is a really good team. And McNeese is the same story as with Louisiana from Wednesday. They didn't. They just couldn't get the win. Didn't have enough firepower. Uh, but Haley Azevedo's 11 strikeouts led UCLA to 8-2 win over Fresno State. Fresno State is having an absolutely horrid season after what they did last year with Haley Dulcini in the circle. It's unfortunate to see that, but... Courtney Coppersmith throws a 20-strikeout perfect game in a 1-0 win for UMBC over Brown. What an achievement that is. She missed the ultimate perfect game or the immaculate game, or however you want to frame it, by one strikeout. She struck out 20 batters. That is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I, if you don't know UMBC's pitchers, you will by the end of this episode because they are a factor in the um, conversation of stat leaders. But we'll get to that. Jocelyn Allo finally broke the home run record in Oklahoma's 11-0 six-inning win at Hawaii. And how fitting is it for her to break that home run record in Hawaii, where she's from, against Hawaii itself? It's a, It was really quite awesome. And, and I recommend you go look at the video of that home run, whether you look at it on Oklahoma Softball's account or NCAA Softball. I don't really care who you look at, uh, but go watch the reaction to that home run. It's, it's epic, and it's absolutely deserved. Congratulations, Jocelyn Allo. You are the home run queen from probably, I would say, that re record's not going to get broken anytime soon. But we'll see. Uh to add to that game, Hope Troutwine had 13 strikeouts and allowed only two hits as well. Moving on to Saturday, Bailey Klingler's double, three homers, and six RBIs led Washington in a 15-2 five-inning win over Northern Colorado. 
Later that day, Gabby Plain's 14 strikeouts led Washington to a 6-3 win over Colorado State. Clemson took down Illinois 3-1 to open their weekend round robin between them, uh, Illinois, and Liberty. Georgia finished their suspended game from Friday against South Carolina with an 8-7 win on Saturday. Another game came later, and in that game, Sidney Shambly's double, two homers, five RBIs, led Georgia to a 13-5, a 13-4 five-inning route at South Carolina to guarantee a Series W. Charlotte evened up the series at home with a 4-2 win over Western Kentucky with the rubber match on Sunday, which we'll get to here in a minute. Tarney Steptoe's nine strikeouts weren't enough as the Portland State Vikings scored an upset over Oregon State in the first game of a doubleheader. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Congratulations to the Vikings for that win. Later that day, Oregon State responded with a 9-1 six-inning win in Game 2. So it didn't pan out for Portland State. They didn't have enough for both games. They were able to get it for the first game, but not the second one. Um, Kendra Lamb throws 13 strikeouts, but wasn't enough as Georgia State pulled an upset in Game 1 that started on Friday in a 4-1 win at Louisiana with another game to come later. Louisiana ultimately ended up winning that game. Uh, but Georgia State, uh, they put Louisiana on notice there for a hot second at Louisiana in the Sun. But the Sun Belt was like, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on here? Things got crazy there for a hot minute. Uh, but LSU handed LSU. Congratulations to the Tigers for taking down Alabama for the first time or for handing the Crimson Tide their first loss of the season in a 13 to 6 win in the game first game of a doubleheader at home on Saturday and then Georgia Clark hit two homers and had five RBIs which lifted LSU to a guaranteed series win at home over Alabama in a five to one win in that second game of that doubleheader crazy I did not expect Alabama to lose the series at LSU I, I it just didn't make sense in my mind uh, but Riley Allen hit a walk-off three-run homer to win it for Texas Tech in their 8-5 win over Tulsa. Kendall Fritz threw a perfect game later that night in Texas Tech's 9-0 five-inning win over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Central Florida picks up a good win over an, uh, Iowa State in a 7-5 win. Jordy Ball and Nicole May combined for a no-hitter in Oklahoma's 9-0 five-inning win over Hawaii. Illinois took down Liberty 5-4 thanks to Stevie Meade's single in the eighth inning. Unfortunately, another missed opportunity there for Liberty, but they still have opportunities. They play really good teams, but as I'll discuss in the RPI rankings in a little bit, they're a lot lower than I expected them to be at this point, but we'll get to that. Georgina Cork threw a 12-strikeout one-hitter in South Florida's 1-0 eight-inning win over Stony Brook. A double play got Florida out of a bases-loaded jam in an 8-4 win over Mississippi State in their series opener. USC Upstate took the series at home against Longwood with a 2-0 win on Saturday, thus taking the series against Longwood. And they are now receiving votes in both major polls, so... 
Um, I think it's very intriguing to keep up with this USC Upstate team and see how they do in the Big South moving forward and whether they can crack the top 25. North Texas guaranteed a series win with a 7-1 win at Southern Miss on Saturday. And the Mean Green, they earned that. Um, and we'll talk about the series finale on Sunday here in a minute. But uh, Maggie Balance, 10 strikeouts, lifted San Diego State to an 8-2 win over Cal State Northridge. Boise State swept the three-game series at McNeese State. I didn't really feel like putting the scores down. Um, but uh, Boise State, uh, like I've mentioned already, very solid program. Um, ended up... Um, getting a good series win at uh, McNeese State. Um, Texas cruised to a Texas cruised to a twelve to three five inning win at home against Minnesota. Again, I thought Minnesota would have kept the game a little bit closer, but ultimately that's just not what happened. Um, and Texas got a huge win. Uh, Jada Cody's two homers, five RBIs, led Central Florida to an 11-2 five-inning win at Cal State Fullerton. Again, I thought Cal State Fullerton would keep it closer, but they didn't, and Central Florida got the win. But Iowa State then went on later to take down Cal State Fullerton 6-2 later that day, so... Good win for Iowa State there. Uh, moving on to Sunday's action. Auburn took the first game of the doubleheader against Texas A&M 4-3 to guarantee the series win. And then later that day, Auburn swept Texas A&M at home with an 8-5 win in Game 2. Tennessee rolled to a 14-3 six-inning win at Mizzou to open their doubleheader series on Sunday. Tennessee swept the doubleheader at Missouri with a 5-4 win. Huge for Tennessee to go on the road and get that two-game win, or two-game series win. Unfortunately, due to weather, they just decided to do two games on Sunday, and Tennessee took them both, which surprised me. But uh, absolutely huge congratulations to Tennessee for that, because that's changing where I'm thinking of the Lady Vols on the national landscape. Millie Thompson's 11 strikeouts led Clemson to 4-0 win over Illinois. Again, another good win for Clemson. And it's good to see that uh, it's not just Valerie Cagle in the circle for Clemson. Katie Garner's 10 strikeouts plus leaving the bases loaded um, led to Western Kentucky winning the series at Charlotte in an 8-7 win on Sunday. Huge for Western Kentucky. Um, and this is part of this, uh, you'll see about Tuesday, yesterday's result for Charlotte, which is why they're in a slump, but huge congratulations to Western Kentucky for winning that series. That's a great win for them. Courtney Wallace throws 10 strikeouts for Nebraska, but it wasn't enough as Central Florida got the win 7-3. Great win for Central Florida again. Uh, Florida State got the series sweep at Georgia Tech with a 3-2 win on Sunday. The only reason I mentioned it is because it was a close game. Uh, Keely Rochard threw 17 strikeouts as Virginia Tech swept Syracuse at home 6-1 win. 
Notre Dame avoided a sweep at Virginia with a 3-2 win on Sunday. Very shocking that Virginia, even though they are at home, was able to win the series against Notre Dame. That's just my opinion, but calling it like I see it. Uh, South Carolina avoided a sweep at home against Georgia with a 7-3 win on Sunday. Not surprising to me. I, you know, South Carolina is not going to get swept in every SEC series they play this year, but they're not likely to win a SEC series, in my opinion. Um, So that's just how I see it. Montana Fouts, 10 strikeouts, saved Alabama from being swept at LSU with a 2-1 win on Sunday. So good for Alabama for at least recovering on Sunday to get back in it and get a win. Kaya Keller hits a walk-off in the 8th to lift Clemson past Liberty 5-4. Illinois later took down uh, Illinois took down Liberty 3-2 earlier in the day. So once again, Liberty misses out on two very good resume-building wins that they could have gotten. Annie Willis throws a nine-strikeout shutout to force a rubber match on Monday night between Mississippi State and Florida in a one-to-nothing win. Very shocking. Um, I thought Florida would sweep Mississippi State. I was dead wrong on that account, apparently. So, I will own up to that. Peyton St. George's 12 strikeouts led Duke to a sweep at home against NC State. Nothing real surprising there. NC State was having a good season, but they didn't play really any top competition, so this isn't surprising. Tarney Steptoe threw 13 strikeouts in Oregon State's 3-1 win over North Dakota State. Sacramento State took down Iowa State 3-2 in a very surprising result for me. I did not expect the Lady Hornets to take down the Cyclones, but kudos to Sacramento State for getting the job done. Uh, Minnesota and Texas finished in the first tie of the season. We got a 10-10 tie. So this this week kind of had it all between weather, delays, and postponements, cancellations, tie between Minnesota and Texas in a 10-10 game, no less. So it was wild. It was fun. But um, <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> Brianna Vasquez, 12 strikeouts, led Iowa to 3-1 win at Kansas. Jenna Perez's 14 strikeouts led Loyola Marymount to a 7-0 win over Cal State Bakersfield. North Texas scored two in the seventh to get the series sweep at Southern Miss in a 5-4 win. Good for North Tech, the mean green of North Texas. That's a very good series win over a good Southern Miss team. Hannah James of Murray State threw a 12-strikeout one-hitter in an 8-0 five-inning win over St. Thomas. Olivia Farrell threw a 10-strikeout shutout in Nebraska's 9-0 win over Long Beach State. Former Auburn pitcher Lexi Hanley throws a 13-strikeout one-hitter in Ohio State's 5-0 upset of South Florida, which is also garnering Ohio State votes for the top 25 this week. Um... Moving on to Monday's action, Addison Barnard's two homers led Wichita State in 14-3, five-inning win over Iowa. I thought Iowa would keep it closer. I th- Actually, I thought Iowa would win that game, to be honest with you. 
Uh, but kudos to Wichita State for really rebounding and getting their act together. Uh, Kylie Halverson's two homers, five RBIs, led the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State in 11-0 five-inning win over Manhattan. Sidney Horan threw 11 strikeouts in Quinnipiac's 3-2 win over Bellarmine. Sydney Green threw 11 strikeouts to lead Arkansas Pine Bluff to 4 nothing win at home against Southern. Valerie Cagle's 10 strikeouts in an error by Liberty first baseman Lou Allen led to the walk-off 1-0 8-inning win for Clemson. Another missed opportunity for Liberty, um, which is I, I'm going to assume these losses are why their RPI is so much higher than I expected, but anyway. Skylar Wallace and Kendra Falby's homer uh, led to Florida's series win at home against Mississippi State in a 3-0 win on Miked Up Monday on the SEC Network, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite things. I love having, even though it's the SEC and they're the godsend of softball as of right now, um, I love these mic'd up Mondays that they do on the SEC Network. Have one series play Saturday to Monday instead of Friday to Sunday. It's quite wonderful, to be honest with you. Uh, but to, yesterday, Tuesday's action, UNCG, the Greensboro Spartans, pulled a stunner, crushing Charlotte at Charlotte with an 8-1 to win. I didn't see this coming at all. Um... I really Charlotte is just reeling to be honest with you right now and I don't really know what's going on with them if there's injuries or what's going on but kudos to the Spartans for getting that win um Wisconsin took game one of the doubleheader at Utah by scoring three in the seventh to get the 4-3 win Wisconsin cruised in game two of that doubleheader in 9-1 five inning win and looked for the sweep today. They're actually currently playing right now as we speak, or as I speak. Uh, Alabama took down Southern Miss 5-2 on the road. I didn't expect Southern Miss to win, but I'm happy that they kept the score close. Georgia Tech had two players with four RBIs as they smashed Georgia in Athens in a 12-3 five-inning win. I didn't see this coming at all, to be honest. I know Georgia Tech has a good pitcher in Blake Nelliman, but I didn't see their offense putting up 12 runs on Georgia and run-ruling them. That was crazy. Kudos to the Yellow Jackets. Huge win for them. Oklahoma State held off North Texas in the 7th to pick up a 4-2 win on the road. Good win for Oklahoma State. North Texas missed out on a good opportunity to pick up a top-10 win. Cassidy Wilbur threw 12 strikeouts in Stephen F. Austin's 3-2 win over Louisiana Tech. And lastly, Marissa Schuld had 10 strikeouts in Arizona State's 9-1 5-inning win over Marist. So that's your Week 5 recap. Let's look at some conference standings notables. Right now, South Alabama is first in the Sun Belt at 3-0, having swept, uh, I believe, uh, UTA uh, at UTA or UT Arlington, who's leaving uh, the conference after the season. Uh, but Louisiana and Troy are tied for second at 2-1. and one. Texas State tied for fifth at 1-2. and two. Auburn and Tennessee are tied atop the SEC right now, both being unbeaten. Uh, Auburn's 3-0, Tennessee's 
but Florida, Georgia, LSU are all tied for third at two and one in the SEC right now. And LSU, like I said, I'm shocked, but Alabama's tied for sixth at one and two. Missouri's 12th right now at 0 and 2, and Texas A&M last at 0 and 3. Duke and Virginia Tech are tied atop the ACC, uh, both being unbeaten thus far. Florida State falls in next at third, and Clemson being 0-3 in the ACC, having been swept at Virginia Tech last week, um, has them in 12th in the ACC right now. Winthrop is on top of the Big South right now, which is a surprise. Uh, but USC Upstate and Campbell are both right behind them, tied at second in the Big South. Longwood tied for sixth. Longwood is not off to a good start. Or the, after their some great wins for them, their program thus far, um, they're it's just not looking great as much for them now. But uh, North Texas is on top of Conference USA West Division. UAB is tied for second. Southern Miss is tied for fifth. Youngstown State and Oakland are tied for the Horizon League uh, lead right now. Uh, Butler and UConn are tied for first in the Big East, while Villanova, shockingly, is tied for last, dead last. I really thought Villanova was going to have a better season behind uh, the success of Paige Rao, but things have not turned out that way for them thus far this season. And we'll keep up with more of those conference standings and get more of those notables as we go throughout the season. RPI rankings, James Madison, 111. Not, they're not making the tournament. South Alabama's at 108, and I get it. They're 9-13. and 13. They have some losses that could have been great for them, that they could have turned into wins. But uh, San Diego State, 83rd. Southern Miss, 70. San Diego State. No, it's not San Diego State, is it? No, that's South Dakota State. Excuse me. The Jackrabbits are at 69. Loyola Marymount at 60. Liberty is at 56. I think that's way too high for them. I think they should be in the top 40s. But Troy is at 53. I think that's a little high for them. Uh, South USC Upstate, 52. North Texas, 51. BYU, 50. Cal State Fullerton, 48. South Florida, 46, I think they should be better, but they do have some, their offense isn't really that great, so they have to rely on their pitching in order to get the job done in most cases. Stanford, 44, they're a good team. Texas State, 41. Louisiana's 39, that's a lot higher than in normal years for Louisiana, so I don't know if they're just rebuilding, retooling. Um, Wichita State 38, Boise State 37, Western Kentucky's up to 34, Notre Dame 31, Georgia 29, Texas 26. They're higher than they're used to in the RPI. Missouri's 23, Ohio State's 22, and I didn't see this coming. Ohio State is having a very solid season, like I've mentioned, um, and they're going to have some games in the Big Ten on my um the week ahead schedule for sure coming up. Oregon State's 21, Arizona 20, Kentucky 19, Central Florida 18, Northwestern 17, 
LSU 16, Clemson 15, Washington 14, Michigan 13, Charlotte 12, UCLA 11, Auburn 10, Tennessee 9, Oregon 8, Florida 7, Florida State 6, Duke 5, Oklahoma State 4, Bama, Alabama 3, Oklahoma 2, and Virginia Tech is still leading the RPI rankings. Excuse me. Let's move ahead to the week 6 schedule starting today, Wednesday. Texas is playing a doubleheader at Louisiana. Very intrigued to see how this goes. Texas is looking to break back into the top 25, um, and I think a doubleheader win at Louisiana would help in that case. Missouri at Illinois is playing a doubleheader today. They're actually in the bottom of the eighth of that first game of the doubleheader right now. Uh, Kentucky at Miami of Ohio. I want to see if Courtney Veerstra can hold down Kentucky's offense at home and make it a game. Florida State at Alabama, a top five matchup on the SEC Network tonight. Very excited for this matchup, even though March Madness is going on right now. Um, huge matchup. Um, and if Alabama wants to get the taste of losing a series at, on the road at LSU out of their mouth, beating number two Florida State would go a long way toward doing that. North Carolina at Liberty, they're playing right now as we speak or as I speak again, uh, Baylor at Texas State tonight. I th Baylor's not really that good, to be honest with you. They're probably the worst team in the Big 12 right now. Uh, I, I guess that's not true. Kansas is going to stay at the bottom of the Big 12, but uh, Baylor's at the bottom, it's towards the bottom. Nevertheless, so Texas State at home needs to get that win. And then Wisconsin at Utah, they're playing, I mentioned that earlier, they're playing the last game of their three-game series right now. Tomorrow, Thursday, Ohio State at South Florida, huge game for Ohio State. If Ohio State wants to prove that they really deserve a top 25 spot, winning against Georgina Cork tomorrow would be a huge step. And then South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, will be at Loyola Marymount for a doubleheader. That's a huge series, mid-major series, because Loyola Marymount is home to one of the top five longest winning streaks, current active winning streaks in the nation right now. So, huge doubleheader there. Friday, Northwestern at Missouri, big for both teams. Depending on how this doubleheader today at Illinois goes, uh, Missouri might be needing that huge win at home against Northwestern. Wichita State at Oklahoma State. Um, Wichita State's given Oklahoma State problems in the past. I want to see if they can get there and get uh, give them a fight, basically. Saturday, Ohio State at South Florida again. Stanford at Missouri. Stanford brings a really good pitching staff to Missouri this weekend. I'm interested to see what their staff does. Um, Illinois at Georgia. Uh, that's big for Illinois to be able to go to an SEC team, maybe pick up a win, who knows. Northwestern at Missouri again, and Wichita State at Oklahoma State again. Um, but moving on to Sunday, Stanford-Northwestern, interested to see Alana Walter and Danielle Williams hopefully go against each other. Stanford at Missouri again, and Iowa-Oklahoma out. I know Oklahoma's still undefeated and everything, but I want to see if Iowa can push them to the limit at Oklahoma City because uh, they're playing at the Hall of Fame Stadium where the World C College World Series is. 
Monday, Oregon at BYU. Very intriguing. BYU gets this Ducks team at home. I want to see what they are able to do with that. Um, and Tuesday, Stanford at Nebraska. Nebraska brings a very high, prolific, slugging team. Um, so I want to see what the Stanford pitching staff can do against them. Oklahoma Kentucky, huge game there. Virginia Tech at Longwood for a doubleheader. I just want to see if Longwood can maybe take one game. I don't think they will, but I'm hoping. And then Liberty at Virginia. Uh, Virginia may be coming off a decent series again. Who knows? Series to watch out for. Campbell at USC Upstate for three games this weekend. That'll break up that tie for second in the Big South. Oregon State, Arizona State for three games. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, Mariah May Zone, Marissa Schuld. Good pitching matchup there. LSU is at Texas for three games between Friday and Saturday. In And if Texas wants to crack the top 25 next week, they got to win those at least two of those games. Ole Miss at Mississippi State for three games. The Egg Bowl. Uh, Florida at Texas A&M for three games. I think Florida will sweep them, but they've clearly shown that they're susceptible to a loss. Clemson at Duke for three games. Clemson needs to really, if they want to get move up in the ACC standings, they really need to take this series at Duke. Arizona at UCLA for three games is a massive series. That'll be Saturday to Monday, and I'm very much looking forward to. Um, I... I don't like I said this so far this season. I don't think Arizona is as good as what people think they are, but UCLA is a huge chance, test for them to see where they're at. Arkansas at Tennessee for three games. That's a very big matchup. Intrigued to see where that goes. Oregon at Utah for three games. Utah's not the greatest team, but I know they can at least take or play with Oregon in the Pac 12. Kentucky at Alabama for three games. Huge series at the Rhodes House this weekend after their game against Florida State today. North Carolina at Virginia Tech for three games. I want to see what that North Carolina team can do. McNeese State at Baylor for three games this weekend. Um, I've mentioned McNeese State and Baylor are kind of in the same boat in terms of how good they are this season, so I'm intrigued. Texas State at South Alabama, three games huge between two teams that made the NCAA tournament last year. And ULM at Troy for three games. I want to see what Louisiana, if Louisiana Monroe is really actually legitimately good. Um, so I'm very intrigued to see what that happens in that three-game series. Lastly, but not least, let's move on to the stat statistical leaders starting with the individuals Jocelyn Allo second in the nation in batting average at .532 Daniel Gibson of Arkansas is third with a .525 Sydney McKinney of Wichita State is fourth with .513 excuse me I Wichita State not Wichita Courtney Coppersmith of UMBC leads the nation with ERA of zero <clears throat> Stunning. Georgina Cork, South Florida, second with a .06. Mackenzie Herzog of Texas A&M and Hope Troutwine of Oklahoma are tied for third with a .22. 
Courtney Coppersmith also leads the nation in strikeouts per seven innings with 18.8. Her teammate, Kaya Matter, is second in the nation with 13.2. So these UMBC, that UMBC pitching staff is absolutely insane. <clears throat> if I have to go to the NCAA tournament with a really good duo that you don't know, those two would absolutely be the two I would pick. Now, I know they don't see the kind of competition every day that would be the SEC Pac-12. But, wow, they are really killing the game. <clears throat> Emma Limley's third with 12.8. Megan Framos fourth with 12.7. And Peyton Gottschall of Bowling Green is fifth, 12.6. Georgina Cork leads the nation and wins at 17. Maddie Penta of Auburn is second with 15. Hannah Hauge of USC Upstate, third with 13, and Alex Draco of Michigan, fourth with 12. Hannah Gamble of Arkansas leads the nation in slugging percentage at 1.18. Jocelyn Alos right behind her in second with 1.17. Carly Scoopin of Arizona, third, 1.118. And Bailey Klingler is fifth of Washington with 1.092. Jocelyn Allo leads the nation on base percentage at .703. Hannah Gamble second, .648. And Skylar Wallace of Florida, third, .613. Christina Burkhardt of Michigan leads the nation in doubles with 13. Taylor Ellsworth of Arkansas, Carmen Greenwood of Louisville, and Savannah Pola of UCLA are tied for third with 11. Tate Whitley of Ole Miss leads the nation in hits with 41. Sydney McKinney second with 39. Danica Coffey of LSU and Kendra Falby of Florida are tied for third with 38. Billy Andrews of Nebraska leads the nation home runs with 14. Natalie Den Hartog of Minnesota and Bailey Klingler are tied for second with 12. Addison Barnard, Mia Davidson, and Carly Scoopin are all tied for fourth with 11. Jada Cody leads the nation in RBIs with 40. Bailey Klingler, uh, Jada Cody of Central Florida. Bailey Klingler, second with 39. Carly Scoopin, third with 38. Georgia Clark of LSU, fourth, 34. And Billy Andrews, fifth at 32. Marissa Schuld of Arizona State leads the nation in strikeout to walk ratio at 27.5. Georgina Cork, second, 24.14. Mariah Mazone of Oregon State, excuse me, is third with 16.17. And Morgan. Megan Faramo, 5th, 14.67. Georgina Cork leads the nation in strikeouts with 169, which I will say is 31 strikeouts better than the next best pitcher. Wild stuff. Uh, but Keely Rochard, Virginia Tech, second with 138. Sydney Nestor of Marshall, third with 136. Megan Framo, fourth, 132. And Maggie Ballant of San Diego State. And Maddie Penta tied for fifth at 130. And lastly, we got team statistics leaders here for you. Kentucky leads the nation in batting average with a .38. Oklahoma second, .379. Arizona third, .379. And Louisville, uh, no, not Louisville, Louisiana fourth with 0 .375. Oklahoma leads the nation in ERA .74. Oregon State second 1.06. UCLA third 1.18. Florida State fourth 1.21. 1 
And North Florida, surprisingly, comes in at fifth with 1.27. Florida State, second in the nation in fielding percentage at .985. Alabama, third, .985. And Boise State comes in at fourth with a .984. Oklahoma leads the nation in homers per game with 2.4. Wichita State, second, 2.1. Georgia, third, 1.92. Duke, fourth, 1.88. And Arkansas, fifth. 1.81. Oklahoma leads the nation in scoring 9.3 runs per game. Arkansas second, 8.52. Kentucky third, 8.48. UCLA fourth, 8.16. And Wichita State fifth, 8.14. Oklahoma leads the nation in slugging percentage of .746. Georgia second, .687. Arkansas third, .656. Duke's fourth, .651. And Arizona's fifth, 0.648. And as I mentioned already, Oklahoma leads the nation, or Oklahoma is the only undefeated team left in the nation. Not exactly a shock given their talent. Uh, but Oregon State leads the nation in strikeout to walk ratio with 13.11. UCLA second, 8.5. Auburn third, 7.24. And San Diego State fourth, 7.03. Central Florida leads the nation in walks with 134, which is a 27 lead, uh, walk lead over LSU in second with 107. Florida State, Oklahoma, and Washington are all tied for third at 105. Lastly, on base percentage, Oklahoma leads the nation with a .496, so they're getting on base almost half the time, or half of their at-bats, or just getting on base, period, whether it's, it counts as an at-bat or not. Louisiana second, uh, 0.462, Arkansas third, 0.462, Arizona fourth, 0.449, and Florida comes in at fifth, 0.445. So that's all I have for you this week. My team of the week, even though they didn't sweep their series, has to be LSU for getting a home series win against Alabama. Plenty of great softball as we move forward this week. And I know that you, a lot of you are going to be wanting to watch March Madness. And I, I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying have multiple screens up so you can watch college softball along with the NCAA tournament uh, for basketball. Um, but I hope everyone had a great week. And I hope everyone has a great week moving forward. Check out all the softball that you can while watching the March Madness tournament uh, for basketball. And I will have a lot more for you next week here on the uh, podcast. Looking forward to giving it to you next week again here. Um, Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great week, everybody. Tuning out for week week. We finished week five going into week six. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you.